630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay. Raptors trailing 85-70 against the Sacramento Kings. That's almost halfway through the third quarter. The only game in the NHL tonight is about five minutes into the second period. Columbus is leading Chicago 2-0. Meanwhile, the NHL postponing Vegas's two games next week against the Sharks because of COVID-19. Golden Knights defenseman Alex Petrangelo and three coaches are in the NHL's COVID-19 protocol and therefore unavailable. Of course, Vegas had a game against St. Louis that had been scheduled for last night postponed. So an ongoing story to follow there. A little bit from the uh, Canadian Football League, the Calgary Stampeders have signed linebacker Corey Greenwood. Canadian veteran started 12 games at middle linebacker for Calgary in 2019 before being injured in week 14. 187 tackles, five sacks, and 40 games with Toronto and Calgary. The double E football team looking for a new head coach. Um I'm, I'm guessing it won't take too long. I, I don't want to make a definite prediction. Um, you know, and these things can change pretty quickly, but I don't think it's going to be too deep into February until the, the double D football team has a coach. So keep that in mind as we, uh, as we roll along. All right. Email inside sports at 630chet.com. Somebody just emailed me a story idea. Thanks, Don. I will give that a look uh, a little bit later on. Appreciate that. It's always nice to get story ideas from you. We've had some nice suggestions over the years. So I will say that. Kellen Kennedy is back at the 630chet broadcasting compound. Uh, Kellen, are we doing at, at some point before 8 o'clock tonight? Are we doing Name the Animal? Uh, yes, we do. You or have yes, an animal ready to go. Say, yeah, uh, I have an animal uh, lined up. I am just live uh, in the in the control room. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, all, it's I'm act- not trying to. Get, I'm not doing animal noises on tape or recording. It has to be a live animal. I, I don't have him. You have right there. I, I don't have it in the control room. I have it in Halsey's office for the time being. So good. Well, well. That's good. That's <laughs> the true barnyard. All right, that is good stuff. Well, the Edmonton Oil Kings and the Alberta-based Western Hockey League teams are getting ready to go. Uh, Their uh, season is going to start February 26th, a truncated campaign of 24 games per team. The head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings is Brad Lauer. Brad, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Ray, thanks for having me. I'm feeling uh, much, much better after the news we got yesterday, for sure. Finally, the interview we've been wanting to have for several months. (laughs) (laughs) There is going to be a Western Hockey League season. I mean, I guess, did you sort of get the sense things were progressing pretty well over the past few days? Well, you know, it's been going on for quite some time. This isn't something that gets put together in a week or or, or two weeks. It's been going on for for months, Um, you know, talking to the doctors and and the league and and obviously the owners have to make the commitment to, 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 to want to have a season once we get... Once we got into November and December, it's it gets pretty, gets you can almost start thinking that's probably not going to happen almost. And uh, you know the the owners were definitely committed to, to doing something, having some sort of season for us, which was which was great to see. And then obviously the the people behind the scenes, the doctors and everybody that uh, the guidelines, the obviously the, the the safety and the health of all the players are are the, the utmost importance here. And you know just to be able to. To have something to take to the government uh, and 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 they that they felt comfortable that 
uh, we were doing the right things to to get a season done was 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 good to see uh, to actually actually get that green light to go ahead yesterday was was uh, really really good to see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be awesome to have you guys talking about games again for sure, and yeah. training camps now I guess quickly approaching. Do yes, you, will, yes. will you be able to do? everything you usually do in training camp and and with no preseason as well or are you going to have to make some pretty major adjustments do you think well it's there's going to be some adjustments for sure obviously you're seeing what's going around in the nhl there's every day is a different day um there's never ever the same same day you have so obviously you know we, we got to follow the guidelines from day to day and and, and making sure uh we're we're, we're doing that and, and up foremost and then just um you know making sure the guys are healthy not there on a day-to-day basis but as far as like training camp uh, you know everything starts really for us tonight uh and it starts on on zoom we'll have a good we'll have a zoom meeting with our players here tonight and their parents and just kind of give them the outlines of the western hockey thing the guidelines and the public health health and everything for tonight and then uh the quarantine starts tomorrow for everybody and uh it's uh, for our for our players that are out of town. There are seven days in isolation right now. They got to start on Saturday, and then when they report in Edmonton, uh, they report here uh, a week from this Saturday, um, and then we all get tested for that that Sunday, which I believe is February sixth. Uh, and then we're still isolated for another week, and then uh, we get tested again, and everything. Get everybody gets uh, the green light to start training camp. We hope to be on the ice thirteenth or fourteenth of February, and. And uh, in full, full participation with uh, with big group numbers, not just small numbers, but uh, to have our 20 to 25 guys on the ice uh, right away, and we'll have a two-week training camp. And um, obviously, a lot like everybody else, it's uh, a lot of stuff will be done on Zoom during isolation. We got a, a kind of a plan laid out for our guys here for the next 12 days so online, doing stuff video-wise with our system and stuff like that. And we'll we'll keep going day by day like that. Do you? Do you feel like your players have all been able to do the same sort of things to stay in shape? Because obviously different provinces and different yeah. jurisdictions might have had different uh, opportunities, shall we say, for players to skate yes. or go work out. So how much of a concern might that be? Well, I think I think, I think think everybody, and not just our players, but uh, society itself has made a lot of changes in the way things, the way they do things. And obviously our players... You know, when, when the pandemic hit, we were still playing and then hopefully going on to a long playoff run. But uh, so when, you know, once the plays, players left here, you know, they got into a routine. Most of the, most of the guys been able to do some skating and do their do their regular tra- uh, training with their with their strength and conditioning coaches. It wasn't until like the last couple of months where things really changed uh, from province to province and. Obviously, the kids here in Alberta haven't been able to uh, to get to their gyms or or, or skate. Uh, they've been doing some. Some guys have some outdoor rink, uh, rinks that they've built in their backyard. They've been doing that. Um, a lot of guys have been doing the workouts in their basements or having stuff set up, uh, doing it that way. But uh, the type, the, the the basic training that they usually do, probably the last uh, the last two months have been different for everybody uh, from province to province and. Uh, that's just part of it, you know. They got to find ways to, to to stay in shape, and yeah, I think for the most part, talking to them all summer here and, and uh, through this whole thing, a lot of guys have done a lot of creative ways to to stay in shape, and you know, it's just gonna be one of those things. You wanna you wanna you wanna get into camp and, and just see where the guys are at. 
Brad Lauer joining us tonight, head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, as the WHL season will start for Alberta teams uh, about a month from now. We'll still see what happens with the rest of the league. It's going to be a weekend league, which it, it sort of skews to anyway, but you you still do play weeknight games. I guess maybe you almost be like a what was the schedule we kind of see the Golden Bears play uh, almost. Yeah. Will that affect your, your practice routine or how you structure the week? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's different. Uh, you know, we've we've uh, we've we've known that if we do come back to play, it's probably going to have to be a Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday with with everybody being off for those five days in case something does come down or happen to a, a team or something like that. So we've kind of been uh, doing a lot of research. We've um, obviously, um, you know, we've we've talked to a lot of different coaches and. In different levels, uh, whether it's college or, or university, just on how they manage their weekly scheduling with their guys, and uh, so we, we've we've done a lot of lot of uh, research on, on on how things are going to go, and it's going to be different for sure. It's going to be it's going to be different, and um, you know if there's any type of the if you know if there's any year right now that uh, you know, I, and I think for coaching is if you want to try something, do something different, and think outside the box. This is probably the year to do it. Um, you know, there's always been, you know, a coach always has, uh, maybe we could try to do something like this or do this. And um, this is the year that we could probably uh, try something different and think outside the box and keep things a little bit fresh for our guys and, and see what works and doesn't work. All right. And uh, how many cartwheels did you do when you found out that neighbors and Robertson <laughs> were being released from their NHL taxi squads? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it's good. I mean, obviously uh, they, they've had tremendous uh, so far junior careers and, you know, obviously being drafted very high and going to going to NHL training camps and not just going to camps, but actually going to camps and making an impression. Cause that, that's what we talk to our guys about all the time is just the impression you leave when you, when you, whenever you leave, uh, whatever you're doing is just gotta be positive. And they've done a great job. Obviously they trained ex extremely hard this, this past summer to, to go to those NHL camps. And, you know, that's just something that, uh, that you want to see. And, and for us to get them back, I mean, I know this season for us, I know that's 24 games for, for tentatively right now. And, uh, it might not mean much for for anything, um, but um, this is a pretty special group of guys I've had, and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's something that you know we haven't been able to finish. Obviously, what we wanted to do last season, so we're going to approach this, these these twenty four games and and really take a take a have fun with it, but have a really good push and and you know just build our development program that the best way we can for for the next season. Yeah. Do you, does, does last season mean anything? Like, is there, is there any sort of continuation or any sort of like, okay, guys, like, look how good we were now. We're going to try to finish the job yeah, or do you try you to know, just. We're going to, well, we've, so, yeah, I mean, it's fine. We've talked about that. Do we, do we try and hang on to what we accomplished last year? And I think it's great that what we did, but you know, I, I don't know if we're, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're going to pull some stuff out of, out of last season and, 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 and for into the, maybe the start of this season. But I think the biggest thing, I mean, uh, again, you know, I've talked to a lot of NHL coaches, what they've gone through in the, in, in the bubble, and then obviously what they're going through right now, you know, and a lot, a lot of them are, you know, a lot of conversation I'm having with coaches is that players aren't very motivated right now, um, you know, without fans in the building, without that emotion, electricity that to build off from your home rink or your, on the road with fans yelling at you. So they're really finding a tough time with with players having a lot of emotion during games. And, you know, they're trying to find ways to get it out of them. And, you know, we've got to find that with our guys. And I think 
obviously in our in our for junior career we have three guys as seasons are done now from junior hockey and we're going to use that and we have a two or three four guys right now that are extremely high in the draft um you know which we want to make sure we can play hard this this 24 and, and give them the best exposure they can have for these these for where their ratings going into the drafts coming up and so there's a lot of things at our level that uh, I think we're going to try to use to motivate our guys this year to I think they'll be excited to start but I guess once we get into this thing because it's very strict what they can and can't do it's gonna be very different for what what's what they're looking up what their normal what normal is for them um so we'll be trying to be creative with how to get them motivated and get them excited for each and every game right on well, Brad, look forward to talking to you throughout the season and, of course, getting some of your guys on onto the show as well. Gr- great news this Absolutely. week for the Oil Kings and WHL. Take care, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Reed. Thanks for having me. That is Brad Lauer, head coach of your Edmonton Oil Kings, and they are expected to start home and home against the Red Deer Rebels on February 26th and 27th. Had uh, Kurt Hill, the GM of the Oil Kings, on the faceoff show last night. So glad they are off and running. 719 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Okay, so the Oilers practice today. Now, Miko Koskinen got the day off, so the goalies were Skinner and Grosnick, who practiced as an Oiler for the first time. You heard Dave Tippett earlier saying game by game with the goalies, so we'll see what happens there. The only lineup change that was apparent today was uh, Tyler Ennis in on fourth line right wing for Joachim Nygaard. We'll see if that sticks tomorrow for the game. Okay, so we've started doing this uh, this uh, fun thing on Inside Sports. Actually, it's it may only be fun for Kellen and me. Everybody well, else may be disgusted by it, offended by it, or something. Would you say that we've unleashed the beast on Inside we, Sports? We have. Yes, we have unleashed the beast. <laughs> so we started this when we were talking about possible names for the football team, and we, we were talking about elk. And Ellen, uh, Kellen played Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres was hopping for one show. No, Kellen played <laughs> an elk noise, and I was surprised that's how it sounded. So then that week we did Name the Animal, and Kellen plays an animal noise, and I have to guess what it is. Now, you can participate if you want. You, you can help on the text line. Uh, I may need help. There is no prize. There is no canned ham. There is no money. There is no autographed Brian Hall picture. There is no copy of of, uh, of Bob Layton's book or anything like that, okay? It's just purely for fun, and it may not actually be fun for anybody else, but we're going to keep doing it until people insist that we stop. And even then, we'll keep doing it for a little longer and then finally stop. So it's very simple. <laughs> Kellen plays the sound of an animal that an animal makes, and I have to guess what animal it is. He gives me no clues he does not give me the the species or what kingdom it is or or phylus or whatever all that stuff is mm-hmm. genus. He doesn't give me anything. I just uh, I just have to guess. 
Yeah, okay. the, the only ground rule I have is it has to exist in nature. That's it. That's it. Oh, yes. Fair point. Yeah, it has to be a real, it can't be an alien. It has to be a real animal. Right, real right. Earth, earth, earth animal. All right. So here we go. Without any further ado, Kellen, what is today's uh, animal noise? Uh, is it a loon? No. Is it a bird of some sort? It is not. Oh, wait. That's a case. It's some sort of canine. Yes. Is it a wolf? No. No way. Are those coyotes? It is. There you go. You got it. Oh, they are coyotes. Okay. So I went from loon to wolf. Well, that very first thing sounded bird-like to me. Play that thing right at the beginning. You get a goal horn with this, too. That's a goal horn. That's not an animal. Why do we have some goal horn playing? I don't know. It's a it's the Arizona Coyotes goal horn, and it was related. Well, that's so. play. Okay. Well, now. Okay. Well, but, that's but my back to the so back to the real sound. There we go. But see, that's not how it sounded at the beginning when I thought it was a bird noise. But that's yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of got that one. I guess. Could have could have done better. Yeah, you, you kind of knocked me off kilter with the bird recommendation of that. I, like, I wow. often think it's a bird for some reason. I, I, I'm almost all the time my first guess is some sort of a bird. Though that one time we did have a raven. Uh, Cowtown Bob says, I love the name the animal segment. Uh, is it a wolverine? He obviously texted that before we guessed. Ah, well, okay. wolverine. You could just play, uh, what's the actor's name? I'm drawing a blank. Hugh oh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman, you yeah. Just, you just play Hugh Jackman talking. That's a wolverine. Basically anything from any X-Men movie from the last 20 years or so. <laughs> All right. So well, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting somewhat quicker at them. I don't know if I'm getting... I guess I am getting more experienced at Name the Animal. I'm growing as a person. <laughs> Reed, how, how did you improve in January of 2021? I got better at Name the Animal. There you go. Pretty special. Okay. Oilers and Leafs tomorrow on 6.30, Chad, 3.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 5, and then the Senators are here on Sunday. That's going to be a 5.30 face-off show with the game at 7. Double E football team looking for a new head coach. Uh, we'll talk about hiring and firing and all that kind of fun stuff with a man who's been through it a few times. Tom Higgins is going to check in after the 7.30 news. Thanks for listening tonight. Smith still on long-term injured reserve as the Oilers are three and six out of the gate this season with the Maple Leafs for the fourth of nine meetings tomorrow night. That one's going to be at Rogers place in the NHL tonight. Yes. Only one game. It is two, one Columbus leading Chicago. That is through two periods. NBA tonight, Sacramento in control against the Raptors up one ten ninety six with about eight forty left in the fourth quarter. I am always pleased to welcome back to the show a very insightful young man who has had a variety of experience in the sport of football, much of it in the Canadian Football League. He's now the defensive coordinator for the U of A Golden Bears. It is Tom Higgins. Tom, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? 
Outstanding. Thank you, Reed. It's nice to be there. And what a nice compliment, young man. Um, well, there's some experience in this body now. Well, that's good. That's why we like having you on the show. You, you've <laughs> spoiled us since you've come back to town because you're always available and you can always talk about just about uh, about anything. And if Dave Campbell and I are talking and, and we have an idea, especially around football, we often think, uh, I bet you Tom Higgins would have something interesting to say about that. So we'll we'll try not to ask you too much, but we, we do we do like having you on from time to time. For, before I dive into some of the, 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 the coaching stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff I want to ask about, what have, what have you thought about, uh, I, I don't know if you've been able to watch a lot or what, but the NFL playoffs, you know, Brady's going to the Super Bowl again. Chiefs are going for two in a row. Oh, what's sort of struck you along the way here? Oh, well, you know what? Um, a football junkie. I <laughs> I sat in front and made sure I watched everyone start to finish. I record them so I can play them back and forth. Um, yeah, I mean, to have football on was miraculous. To have the NFL actually make it to the Super Bowl, uh, they beat the odds. And um, I, I was only one for two. I was hoping Green Bay might be the team in, but I, I love this rivalry here. You're talking about uh, a young goat and an old goat, and the goat is uh, somebody who is uh, destined for the Hall of Fame. So um, my my money is on, which I don't ever bet because it's never a sure thing, uh, Kansas City. I, I, they're so creative offensively. Um, quarterback is a dynamic uh, but I'm really hoping for a great game. So is the story for Tampa Bay that Brady, I mean, okay, clearly it's a story that Brady went there and they're going to the Super Bowl, but in terms of their playoff success, I mean, if you didn't know who Tom Brady was, wouldn't the story be, well, their defense is doing everything and the offense is taking advantage of the field position. You know what I'm getting at? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's the old adage, defense wins championships. But um, that's not necessarily the case. It took a while for them to get on. Um, to, it, culture doesn't get created immediately. And uh, he, he helped. There was some culture there. He just polished it. And he's now got it running and doing very efficiently. And uh, one other thing that I... I when we watched these old, older quarterbacks um, still playing today, it's because they're protected. And um, years ago, Johnny Unitas, uh, Joe Namath, uh, you name, those guys got beat up. You could take two and a half steps and then hit them. You can knock them on out. And um, Matt Dunnigan might still be able to play today with how we're trying to protect the quarterback, which is the right thing to do. Uh, so I really enjoyed the dynamics. I, I was hoping that um, I knew in, in the New Orleans Saints that Drew Brees probably was going to be it. And so I'm a sentimentalist. I, I was hoping that he, he might be able to go on. But that's here nor there. But I'm, I'm enjoying the creativity uh, that you get from the Kansas City Chiefs. And you have a quarterback that, you know, you're supposed to read the eyes of the quarterback. And I'd hate to be a, a coaching against him with my defensive linemen or defensive backs. I don't trust his eyes. He's, he's going to throw to somebody <laughs> else. Make sure all the receivers are covered. And uh, make sure you pressure him and keep him in the pocket. So when you say Brady goes there and has an impact on the culture, 
What, what is the because I because I have found from being a sports talk show host and, and talking a lot about a hockey team that hasn't won a lot in, in the last fifteen years, you know the word culture comes up a bit and does does a does a losing team necessarily have to have a negative culture? I, I don't I don't know if it does. I think players can be working hard and doing the right things and might not just have the the talent sometimes. So I I, I don't know when you talk about the culture of a team. Um, what, what exactly do you mean, Tom? You're, you're absolutely correct. Um, there can be teams that are not necessarily successful that are able to um, ha- have a culture that is... Um... Are you still there? Yeah, we got you, Tom. Okay. You, you, you ha- but you have to create a culture and... The culture can still be created even if you're still losing. Uh, how, you, how you understand it and the culture is that people don't care about who gets the credit. They're, 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 their teammates are more important than themselves. Um, they're doing all the right things, and they're playing to the best of their abilities. Um, so I, I know this is crazy, and so anytime that I've had the opportunity to, to be a head coach or a general manager, um, and, and my talking to the team before we go on out to play a game is uh, all I want them to do is them every person play to the best of your ability. And if we do that, we win. I don't care what the score says, we win. And that's creating the culture. And that, that's what was, was there in the, with the Edmonton Eskimos when I came up many years ago. Um, they had the culture, but you also had the, the, the players. Tom Brady went to Tampa because he knew they had players. And he knew that that was one of the little pieces that might have been missing is uh, a quarterback. And they, he knew they also had a coaching staff that um, would be complimentary to him. And so um, he helped polish it. There, there was a bit of culture there. They had a good defense. And so that's why if he had the opportunity to pick and choose, which he did, I'm going to go to one that has a pretty good one, but I know that I can help it. And so either you're helping it or you're making it worse. So it, it is a choice. And so hopefully every person that you bring in is somebody who, you know, cares more about their teammates than individual accolades for themselves. Right. Tom Higgins joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports. Okay, I got to I got I, I to go behind the scenes with you a little bit here. The double E football team suddenly needs a new head coach. We're not going to get too much into that exactly, but that's what got Dave and I thinking about having you on. You've been a head coach. You've been hired. You've been interviewed. You've been a GM where you've had to hire and interview and hire people and then sometimes let them go and been let go yourself, obviously. You've been through it all. So tell me this. You're the GM of a football team, and you decide this Reed Wilkins guy's been the coordinator out in Evansburg for the last 15 years. I want to interview him for the be the head coach. I come to meet with you in your office. How do you start the interview? I mean, what, what do you get rolling with to find out if you want a guy to be the head coach of your football team? Here are the things that I want to know, and some of them uh, I'd like to be able to have the answers to these questions before we start. And so allow me the opportunity. Um, I would like to make sure that I bring him in. I want to make sure that he has great people skills. 
because it, it, it's one of the things that, that has to be there. Uh, does he have the experience and knowledge to coach on the professional level or in the CFL? I'd like to get that answer done before he comes. But here are the three things that are critical in any organization, in any individual, if they have to have these three things is, can I trust them? Is he committed to excellence? And does, does he care and treat people the way he wants to be treated? If you have those three elements, I have a winner for a person that I would like to bring in, but I also have that need to have that in my organization. I also want to know, is he a teacher? And is he someone that's going to enhance the image and tradition of the football program? And this is one I would never ask him, but I also like to know what his long-term goals are because um, I wouldn't ask. You can find that out in different ways. So those are the things that you, you hopefully you have before you, you start, but then you know what you're bringing in and what really happens is can we work together? Can we, can we know that what's going to take to, to make this uh, be a successful organization? So if I know these things. I can also find them out. Um, then we're sitting down and now we're, we're finding out how compatible are we? Because I wouldn't bring somebody in that um, without having information. I, I don't necessarily have to have work for them. But I know enough people, because this is a very small fraternity, I would know somebody that has worked with them. Or I would know somebody that I can get information from. And I want to know all of these things um, uh, before we start. And now what happens is um, it, we're looking at philosophies. Do they mesh with what we have here? If all of a sudden um, we have a quarterback that's going to throw 90% of the time, 85% of the time. Um, and we have somebody who's coming in that is going to run football all the time. I don't know that I'd have them in. It, it, it's, it, it's a disconnect. So you're, you're looking for somebody that you can connect with. Now, here's one of the challenges. And so I've been on both sides of this where somebody coming in to the Edmonton football team. And so I'm, totally correct. I played, I coached and been a general manager for the Edmonton Eskimos. So I'm scared that I can say that uh, the Edmonton football team um, has some people who are under contract and a coach, ideally a head coach would like to be able to bring his own people with him because you, you need somebody that you know that you, you can trust them that he has integrity, that he's going to have your back because you're not going to win all the games. And that all of a sudden, the moment that you lose, if you don't have the person that you know that has that integrity that you can trust, um, what's he saying behind your back? And so that, that's, a, that's a tough one. And so to jump into an, um, a head coaching spot that has a bunch of coaches already, a lot of times in the CFL, you would have a, a pretty good handle on, on who's there and who's not there. That, that's another part of the challenge. I got hired with the Montreal Alouettes. It was late, and all the coaches were in place. You know, I had the opportunity to bring one or two in, and those could be your guys. But then if the guys that are still there aren't your guys and they are answering to the general manager, not the head coach, 
you have a little bit of a disconnect as well. So that's a long part of it. How can I give me another question so we I can narrow it <laughs> no. down a little bit further? Well, no, that, well, that that was that was very good. And what I found in there is that if you're talking about a, a head coach, like you're not you're not sitting there saying, well, what are you going to call on on second and eight? Like that's not really part of the interview. No. Yeah, no, not it's, at all. Not at all. Um, I had the opportunity um, when I, I came up to Edmonton. Um, Ronnie Lancaster became the head coach, um, but uh, I was also being interviewed for that head coaching job from Hugh Campbell. Now I love Hugh Campbell. Uh, he has, he's he's a little bit quirky, but people say that about me as well. Um, we met in the uh, plus fifteen, the overpass in the Calgary airport, um, and we were or the. The cars were coming up underneath. People were coming by because the parking lot was attached to the airport. And we were there for over two and a half hours. And so, and we're talking philosophy, life, and, you know, just to get a feel for, for one another. Um, he also knew that I was disciplined. So here's one of the crazy questions that he asked me um, <laughs> when we're, we're wrapping this up after two and a half hours of talking to him. He goes, are you going to make, the players uh, hold their helmet and stand at attention when they're not on the practice field. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I almost chuckled and thought, "Wow, you, you don't know me well enough." But um, he, what point he was getting to? Because he thought, "Man, you know, you have an understanding, a clear understanding of what you want." And um, I think the um, what he was getting at is that where is the line discipline-wise? I, I would expect the player to always hold the helmet in his hand, never to put it down because you could step on the helmet. I would never allow a player to sit on a helmet. Uh, that's sacrilegious. Um, but, and so um, just to give you a feel for what it was like, but for that two and a half hours, he was trying to get an understanding of who I was. But I was also interviewing him. Now, what was interesting is he hired Ron Lancaster. But he also asked me to come on up and uh, be part of Ronnie's staff. And I told him, no, if, I, you know, if I'm not the guy, then I, I, why should I try to help Ron Lancaster? And lo and behold, it, it didn't take long because when Bruce Limmerman left, that's the person that I filled was I became up as assistant general manager. And I got to be very, very good friends with Ron Lancaster. I consider yeah. him one of my best football uh, friends. And I actually have the trifecta because I played with the Stampeders in 1976 and played against Ron Lancaster. In 1980, I uh, was coming back to Calgary after I was cut from the Buffalo Bills. I played the year prior and I actually played for Ron Lancaster the last time he coached with Saskatchewan. And then all of a sudden, I was his boss, and I would never would. I, I, you, you know me well enough that uh, we worked together. I was the assistant GM; he was the head coach. But uh, we became such very, very close friends because uh, being a head coach is very lonely. And so after games or practice or whatnot, we'd sit on down, and he could blow off some steam. And he he knew that uh, anything that he said to me just you know stayed within the, the confines of. Uh, the two of us talking to one another. 
Well, why do you think, um, and, and I'll, I'll do this as the last one. You and I could go on for a long time, but I, I, I got I to hand it over to another host eventually. Why, why do you think, because Ron coached Saskatchewan, and I, I was pretty young, but I don't think they had a very good record. And then obviously he had a pretty good run here with, with the double E football team in the nineties. Did, did, I mean, was the roster just that much better in Edmonton or was, was he somehow just a better, a better coach when he was here? Well, you know, um, he was always a very good coach. He didn't really have the talent. And, you know, um, but he was getting there because Joe Ferrigeldi the next year, uh, Ron actually took the, the job. And what, what he ended up doing is he ended up walking away and all the coaches were already there. And Joe Ferrigeldi jumped in and he became uh, – the uh, CFL coach of the year that year because there was talent. He was starting to fill the shelves. And so had he stayed, I think the two years in a row, he only won two games. Right. And, uh, but the football team was on the verge of actually becoming very, very good. He started bringing in better players, but you got to stay there long enough to, to reap the rewards. And so when he came to Calgary, he really knew that, you know what, they're going to be good football players. He just has to make sure that they're going in the right direction, know which way they were going and, um, you know, play as mistake-free football as you possibly can and let them go. And so um, he did what he he needed to do here. And um, we then allowed him to go to Hamilton, which – the reason I asked that question to Hugh Campbell, I said, why are we just letting him go to Hamilton? Well, because the Hamilton Tiger Cats needed him. And that's Hugh Campbell. Hugh Campbell was always thinking of the big picture and helping the CFL. And I'm thinking, yeah, but we don't have a coach. And we're right. sending Danny McManus as well. You know, uh, Yeah, I remember we're that. Sending, we're sending Darren Flutie as well. And I'm thinking, um, who are we going to have to play? You know, we have Kay Stevenson and, and Jeffrey Archer, and, and uh, that was uh, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a setback, but that's okay. Um, you know, it, th- th- those things happen, and then if the organization is good enough, you you overcome those things, and you get yourself the quarterbacks that you need, and you get the offensive line to protect the quarterback, and you get yourself some decent coaches because you have a really great organization. Um, that's how it works. It's 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 that simple. Tom, you're the best. We got to do this again. I got you down. We usually do our our our, uh, our Super Bowl predictions uh, the Friday before the big game, but we had you on a, a Friday earlier. So you're the first uh, inside sports prediction this year. So I got you down for the Chiefs, man. We'll hold you to it. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> you're welcome. My pleasure. Hey, stay safe. Take care of everybody. Right on. That is Tom Higgins checking in tonight. Awesome tales of coaching and managing in the Canadian Football League. Of course, he's now the defensive coordinator with the Golden Bears. All right. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You heard from Tom Higgins, Brad Lauer. We talked about Oilers goaltending draft picks over the years. Appreciate you tuning in. Tomorrow, 3.30 face-off show, game at 5. Oilers against the Maple Leafs. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator this evening. My name's Reed. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon. Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on. So if you want to join me for a while, just grab your hat, we'll travel like that's hobo style. Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.